Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's happening? It's your boy Slim from the Barn Burner about to hit you with another episode of the Grit and Gridiron Podcast, brought to you courtesy of the Barn Burner Podcast Network. In this episode, I'm joined by Isaac Simpson of Rivals, Tiger Sports Report, and the Man Cave Podcast. And we basically take a look back at Memphis versus Mercer from last week. And then we take a look ahead at Memphis's upcoming opponent, Navy, and how the Tigers stack up against Navy heading into Saturday's game in Annapolis. But first, you know we got to pay the bills. Um, so Blue Note Bourbon, man, shout out to y'all. Blue Note Bourbon is artfully crafted in Memphis to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. And let me tell you, this bourbon's got swag, man. It's a nice-looking bottle. It's got a good taste. For your next housewarming party, engagement party, anything like that, man, this is what you want to bring. Uh, be the one introducing people to this Blue Note bourbon, and they'll thank you for it later. Uh, and now, let's get to it. And we're back with another episode of the Grit and Gridiron podcast. I am your host, Slim, from the Barn Burner. And tonight I am joined by Isaac Simpson of Rivals, uh, TigerSportsReport.com, and the Man Cave podcast. So, Isaac, I I don't want to take a long time on these introductions, man. What was the atmosphere like Saturday uh, evening, afternoon, around Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, Stadium and leading up to the Tigers opener? Man, it, it was crazy, man. Uh, you could feel the energy in the air. Just uh, as soon as I pulled up uh, to, to the media lot, man, you could you could see the energy. You could tell that uh, people had been uh, had a lot of pent up excitement waiting all summer for this, and uh, it was finally finally here. Um, you could tell. I think uh, Coach Norvell actually said in, in the post game press conference that as far as the type of loss concerned, it might have been the, the most impressive ones that, that that he's seen since he's been here. Uh, so it's. Uh, the fans were fired up. They were engaged. Uh, they were engaged uh, the, the time the time that they were there. I mean, Tigers fell out to, to such a big lead. Uh, I think uh, it kind of uh, once you get up fifty six to nothing, I think it's kind of kind of tough to stay stay fully fully engaged into it. But man, they were they were fired up and ready to go, man. Uh, Pre kickoff and, and into halftime. So um, it was exciting times, man. It was exciting times to be a Tiger. Uh, I, I was excited. Um, you you don't you don't get the full. Uh, full excitement, like I said, up in the press box. But like I said, walking in, man, I walked around a little bit, walked around Tiger Lane, um, and like I said, the atmosphere was exciting. It was, it was off the chain, man, really. Yeah, and I mean, you, the good thing about social media now is you can see everybody's pictures uh, after yeah. the fact to see what they were doing leading up to the game. Uh, Memphis Athletics, you know, had the video of the Tiger Walk, so people who yeah. weren't able to attend could see it. And, you know, of course, Tom 3 was out there uh, representing like always. Tom just had his 10th birthday, man. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I, I remember when he was just a little cub. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time they brought him out. Yeah, man. Uh, right, yeah. right. He was so nervous and timid. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but you hit on it pretty quick. The Tigers jumped on Mercer, I mean, early. After after the miscue on the opening kickoff where Tony Pollard actually lost two yards, yeah. um, Brady yeah. White led his, yeah. led his first drive uh, as a Tiger, and they went, what, 97 yards and yeah. scored a touchdown? What were your impressions of the Memphis offense, the, the starters? We'll, we'll begin with the starters who played the first half and built that 56-0 lead. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to say I was like, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, I talked with uh, my colleague over at Robert, Brian Moss. We do like a, a little pregame show. Um, and I, I thought Memphis would win the game. I think I picked it, Memphis to win it like 35 to 14 on a pregame show because I thought maybe you break it in a new quarterback. Uh, you you did you lose a guy like Anthony Miller. Uh, you do have a big game against Navy next week, big Western Division game. And maybe that they didn't want to show a lot. Maybe they go. A little vanilla would be a little conservative on offense, but that wasn't the case at all. Uh, they came out firing, and, and, and like I said, man, I was, I was I had some questions going into the game about Brady White. Uh, we talked about him maybe not having the strongest of arm, but if you you look at the way that they came out and played, man, it looked like Venice Memphis looked like the same team we've seen over over the last couple of years, same explosive offense. I mean, you got those playmakers out there, and like I said, going into the season, I was kind of concerned if, if Brady White could get them get them the football, but uh, I think he answered those questions emphatically. Um, it just looked awesome, man. Like I said, he came out in the first drive, uh, guns are blazing. I think it's testament to uh, Coach Mark, Mike Norvell and that coaching staff to, to have this team ready uh, to come out and play like that. I, I was impressed. I wasn't expecting 66 points, uh, but, but they came out, man, and, and did their thing, and I was excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think we were all kind of what Bra- what is Brady White going to do? That we we know Patrick Taylor is going to uh, ground and pound and then break a big one when he gets the opportunity, like we saw on this screenplay. Uh, we know what Daryl Henderson can do, breaking the big one at any given moment, whether it's a handoff or uh, you know he he caught the pass over the top on the play action uh, from Brady White to take it like seventy five yards for a touchdown yeah. or something like that. Or no, Pat Taylor was 70, Taylor 75, was I think. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we know what both of those guys can do. And we know what Tony Pollard can do, even though we really didn't see much of uh, Tony Pollard uh, in this game, um, you know, as far as getting the ball and making plays. Um, and then then we have the question marks of DeMonte Coxie, who has gotten a lot of hype coming yeah. into the season, um, the former LSU three-star recruit. And then we have Brady White, who was a top five pro style quarterback, um, you know, by by most uh, rank, ranking outlets. And what I noticed when I went back and watched his one start from Arizona State was he was really good at targeting his playmakers. Yeah. And and those intermediate passes, he was money on. Yeah. So I, I kind of broke that down before the game and I was it made me more comfortable because I was hurt with the the news of David Moore transferring. He yeah. I was I was in his corner for whatever reason. Uh maybe because yeah, he had just been here longer, you know? Uh but Brady White, he came out and that offense looked fantastic. I mean they really couldn't have looked better. Um, as far as the playmakers go and what Brady was doing, distributing. And then what I like to see was I think the starters only had one penalty in that first half yeah. offensively. Um, so, so that was big to me. You know, the offense, we really couldn't have asked for much more out of the starters for, from game one. Yeah, just like you said, man, uh, Brady, uh, as far as the intermediate stuff, uh, he's uh, one of the most accurate guys I've ever seen. He's coming out of camp. Uh, the only thing you worried about was the 
the long passes. And like I said, with the playmakers that they have on this team, uh, you, you don't have to bump the ball down the field all game. I mean, these guys, uh, you get to get the ball to them 10, 15 yards, they'll turn it into an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, that's that's the kind of guys they have. You get to look at guys like Daryl Henderson, Patrick Taylor. I mean, they're subject to break one anytime they get the ball in their hand. So I, I think it's going to work out work out well. Um, I, I just want to see if – and think about it. One thing about Brady um, – he looked like, I mean, he didn't look like a guy that hadn't played a game in three years. Uh, you look at the way he came out, I mean, he looked extremely confident. He looked poised in the pocket. He, I mean, I know it's Mercer, but, I mean, if you go out and score 66, uh, 66 points, 700-plus yards of offense, I mean, they had five, I think, 530, uh, 530 total yards at halftime. I mean, you do that against anybody. I mean, you have to be impressed. So, uh, the game one, uh, number one test, I, I, I think they passed it with flying colors. Uh, you look at guys like Monte Coffey uh, was a guy that we talked about all summer and how, uh, how he's going to step up and be a leader for this team. And I think he had some plays, uh, a couple catches, had one, man. Uh, he talked about oh. that in the game. He said he, he thought about it. He was thinking about the end zone before he caught it, man. That would have been uh, about, about a 70, 75-yard touchdown if he could have got that with nothing but daylight in front of him. Uh, he just Right, just, right. But, man. Because uh, that would have been his second touchdown, right? His second of the yeah, game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, he, he just got excited. <laughs> And uh, Antonio Gibson is another guy I'm excited about. I think he had three catches for 68 yards. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the test one, I think the offense passed with flying colors. So, uh, the, I mean, so so far, so good, man. It's gonna, we're going to find out a lot coming up this week uh, in the game against Navy. But, uh, man, they 66 points on the board, man. I'm not complaining about that at all. <laughs> right. You, you can't, you know, uh, especially not where this program used to be. Uh, we, yeah. we used to be in the team getting drugged on, on week one. So uh, I'm just appreciative of everything we have right now. But you mentioned Antonio Gibson and, and you've been talking him up all summer long, I feel like. Yeah. Um, were there any other of the newcomers or young guys who maybe got some time in the second half who really impressed you? Uh, kind of, you look at the, the quarterback position. Uh, Brady Brady McBride uh, came in. Uh, didn't didn't play a lot, but I mean, the, the time that he did play, sixty percent. He was six of ten uh, for seventy yards. Uh, let me see what he do. He rushing. He had twenty seven rushing yards. I mean, for the limited time that he was in there, I think I, I feel a lot better about the, the backup quarterback position. Just like you, man, going into the season, uh, all summer we were talking about David, uh, David Moore. I was hoping David Moore ended up being the guy. Uh, Going to bring that dual threat off uh, that athleticism to the, the position, but uh, like I said, man, Brady White did a good job, and I know uh, Brady, Brady McBride came into the game and he showed himself well uh, during the second half. Uh, so I was kind of excited to see that. I wanted to see the backup quarterbacks come in and, and what they could do, uh, and I, I was pleased by what I saw with Brady, uh, Brady White. Kenny Gainwell uh, got in, uh, got some playing time. Uh, ended up with three carries to twenty six yards, uh, so he play, he played well. Uh, I mean. Pretty much everybody on the team. I mean, there's there's really no complaints of anybody that I saw. Nothing really to complain about in this one. Um, I think it's just A's across the board, man. Um, trying to think of anybody yeah, that, that really impressed me. Uh, uh, Calvin Austin had that big uh, 80, 84-yard run, the track star, yeah. um, which was nice to see. I mean, you can't teach speed like that. He just no. tore out down the sideline, and there was nothing anyone could do. 
Um, we had Isaac Ellis came in, the true freshman. He played some center. Uh, yeah. Coach Norvell has sang his praises since the game. And it, he was somebody that they kind of was talked up all summer along that the, by the coaching staff just with yeah. how well he was acclimating to the college game. Uh, at that center position, and you know it, that that's good because we we've had Drew Kaiser there for so long. You know, yeah. uh, you, you, the center is so important with the the snapping the ball to the quarterback, especially in the shotgun. So having a backup center is definitely important um, with with this offense. But uh, let's let's go to the Memphis defense, who <laughs> held Mercer scoreless in the first half, and I think they had like thirty seven yards or something. Yard, one. Man. Yeah, one first down, and just from a general perspective, the defense man was flying around. As if it was a pass play, as soon as it touched uh, the the Bears players' hands, a tiger was crushing them. We were laying some licks. I mean, the defense it, it looked like it can live up to the hype. You know, of course, we got to say it's only Mercer. But what was your takeaways on the defensive side of the ball when the starters were in in that first half? Man, it's fantastic. Like, uh, we talked about, like I said, again, on our pregame show about and going back to last year, the last couple of years, one of the, the, the knocks or, or the few knocks on this team is that they haven't been able to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Um, and that was not an issue at all in this game. I was glad to see Jackson Dillon back out there. Uh, he's back there wrecking havoc. Uh, you had T.J. Carter picking up right where he left off, big pick six there. Uh, I mean, all these linebackers, man, Tito Whitnam out there laying wood. Uh, like you talked about, and I'm really, really impressed with the linebackers. Uh, J.J. Russell, uh, uh, Tamar Smith, uh, another guy, Curtis Aikens out there making tackles. Um, even, even the secondary, uh, to some of the guys that you were – Sanchez Blake uh, came in and played well. Thomas Pickens had a couple tackles. I mean, overall, defense, I mean, not to, like I said, even if, if going against the FCS team, to, to only – the only team to 37 yards at halftime when you got 530. Um, is extremely impressive. Um, I was impressed with this defense, and never got never got to play well defensively this week. So it was really good to to see that. But like you said, man, those guys flying around me just right on right on the money. Uh, I think uh, Mercer only really had about two or three big plays in the game, semi big plays. I mean, pretty much everything Mercer was trying to do, they shut it down. Um, and this linebacker crew um, outside of the offensive line, I think is might be the best unit on the team, and they really showed that. Um, in this game. Yeah, and, and they're so deep. Even when we go to the, you know, the second string guys, if that's what we want to call them, they, they can play. They, a lot of these guys have already played minutes. You know, J.J. Russell, maybe not so much, but a lot of these other guys have been in the games um, in, in some situation or another. So just the depth all around on yeah. defense and then the health that we currently have. I'm, I'm going to knock on some wood right now. <laughs> but but compared to last season after game one and e- even the preseason going into yeah. game one, like yeah. we had injury after injury. Um, so that, that kind of – that derailed the whole defensive thought from last yeah. year of how good they could be because it was so many young guys. But now we got everybody back. You know, Austin Hall still Austin looking Hall. good oh out there making the calls. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into all these guys here in a minute. But so we know the Tigers and Mercer, you know, we, we really couldn't ask for a better all around game from Memphis. Um, but now let's let's go to Navy and kind of did you get a chance to watch the Hawaii game? And if so, did you have any thoughts on how Hawaii carved up Navy? <laughs> yeah, man, I did. I did get a chance to watch it. I uh, got home about midway through the first quarter. 
man, Hawaii wasn't supposed to be that good this year, but they they look really good through two games. But uh, when you look at the Navy team, uh, usually, I, I personally, I, I don't think this Navy team is as good as the team that we've seen the, the last couple of years. Um, I, I'm talking, we, we had uh, Navy play-by-play guy Pete Medhurst on our, our podcast last night um, over TSR Live, and we were talking to him about this defense, and he said that they're bringing in a lot of young guys. Uh, they, they, they've had a lot of experience the last couple of years. This team is a little bit younger uh, than the teams we faced uh, over the last couple of years, but this is always always going to be a, be a battle. I asked Coach Norvell after the game, uh, when did they start preparation uh, for this game? Because that triple option is always it's so unorthodox. You're not it's, it's so different than what you see uh, on, on a week-to-week basis. And he said they started way back early in the summer uh, preparing for this game. I mean, I think that was one positive to have the opening game against Mercer because I think they could – I mean, you can just come out and play your game um, against Mercer. Uh, you don't really have to scheme a lot for a team or FCS team. So I think they could have the opportunity to prepare for Navy early, um, having that Mercer game first. But when I look at that Navy, Navy defense, their secondary looks suspect. Um, that's something that we haven't seen in, in, in the past. It seems like they were willing to, to give up a lot of stuff underneath um, and, and, and trying to stop – um, from Hawaii from going over the top, but they couldn't stop them. I mean, Hawaii beat them with several big, huge 75, 80-yard touchdowns. Um, and their defense looked, looked slow to me. Um, and I saw some things that I think the Tigers can exploit um, in, in that secondary because that, that secondary looked, looked a little slow to me. And I, I think Memphis will be able to move the ball up and down the field on Navy. Uh, the question is going to come definitely uh, in Navy, which it always does. It's going to come on the defensive side of the football. Can they stay disciplined? One thing when you're playing Navy, uh, if you jump on Navy early uh, and, and stop them from getting ahead of steam going downhill, you can beat them. Once they get into a groove uh, and start running the football on you, they can be hard to stop. But uh, I think Memphis, I don't think Memphis will have any trouble scoring against them uh, for sure. It's just going to be on the defensive side of the football. Can they stay disciplined? Can they stay in their gaps? And you got to make tackles. You got to wrap up. No arm tackles. You got to bring those guys to the ground because uh, they'll, they'll run all over you if you don't. Yeah, Mike Norvell, as he, he talked about that. I think it was in his uh, weekly opening week press conference this week uh, when yeah. he was talking about we used to be physically beaten by Navy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because our teams were just smaller. That's just how it was. We, we weren't getting that, the, the size linemen and linebackers we needed to, to be able to finish a dogfight like that, like a real deal, like in the trenches dogfight. Because like you said, this, the, it, for the Tigers defense, it comes down to one-on-one. Because um, you're going to have probably TJ and Tito out, out wide, out just wide, matched yeah. up man. And then everybody else is, you know, stopping the run because they I think Perry threw one one. He had one completion, which was a touchdown and it was a nice throw. Yeah. Um, Perry is Navy's quarterback. But uh, they he only had like two or three attempts. And and the other two were were pretty pretty slow. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe you complete the pass pass into the third quarter. It's crazy, man. How unorthodox that that triple option is. Yeah, and so what what he was doing that he goes to, he loves to go to that first option a lot, you know, which is yeah. the fullback coming up the middle, and and that's that's what you have to stop uh, when you're dealing with the option. If you don't stop that, then it's going to be a long night for you. Um, the nose tackles, big O'Brien Goodson and John Tate, uh, Manuel Cooper, those guys are going to be crucial into you know if the Tigers are going to be successful or not because they've got to get off the blocks and just. 
if not make the tackle, don't let a linebacker get blocked, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I said, you, you gotta, you gotta, you can't, can't do, do anything wild. It's crazy because you know what David's going to do. That's the thing. That, that's the, that's the thing that's so crazy about it. Sometimes if they get going, you can't stop it, even though you, you know what they're about to do. I mean, they don't do anything, anything tricky. It's just like the same thing over and over. And they dare you to stop them. And you have to have to make those, like you said, uh, the guys up front, have to be extremely disciplined. Um, you can't can't let linebackers get blocked out. You just can't let them let them get ahead of steam. Uh, so those guys up front are, are definitely going to be tested. Uh, and like I said, that was one of the question marks uh, going into this game. They played really well against Mercer, obviously, but it's going to be a different different test uh, this week. Like I said, O'Brien Goodson, uh, Emmanuel Cooper, those guys up there, uh, John Tate, Khalil Johnson, uh, Joseph Dorsey, uh, John Wilson, all those guys. Uh, are gonna gonna have to gotta make plays. Uh, they're gonna have to be strong. Like I said, stay stay. You have to stay in your gap. The linebackers are gonna be really important because uh, you don't want to get those, let those guys get into the second level. So um, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. But I, I think I think Memphis is the better football team. Um, I, I think the the line Memphis is up about a six and a half point favorite. The last time I checked, I, I'm not sure they cover. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, but I, but I think Memphis is gonna win it. Uh, I think Memphis will get out. Get out early, uh, get to a lead. I think Navy will, will, will battle back in the second half, and I think Memphis uh, went it close late. But, yeah, I mean, uh, defensively, Memphis, like I said, anytime you play against a triple option, you just got to remain remain disciplined, can't get out of your – can't let them get you out of your comfort zone. I think it's the, big, the biggest thing and that key to this game. Yeah, and, and I agree with what you said about earlier about this Navy team not being as talented as the teams we're used to, and, and I agree that the Tigers are going to win – uh, the Vegas, the Vegas numbers going up like that does, does make me nervous because uh, we we usually don't see that in our favor. Uh, but and anytime a line jumps from like three and a half to seven, seven. it's something yeah. something funny going on. Um, but back to what Hawaii did against Navy was. There was no corner for Perry to turn if he didn't give the fullback uh, the first option. Like they were in on him immediately and there was just nowhere for him to go. Um, Really, he only had like the one big play. I think he broke a 70 yard down run. Yeah, 75 yard touchdown. Okay, 75 yards. Yeah. But, you know, they really just limited him from as soon as he made the decision to not hand that ball off, there was a linebacker waiting on him. Uh, and then I think he only got to the third option two times in the two whole times. game. Yeah. Uh, so, so they made that, you know, completely obsolete. Uh, and one of them was like a reverse pass because they got their their former quarterback, Zach Aby, out there playing receiver now yeah. um, it, until the, the short yardage situations when they come in and he runs that follow play that I feel like we've seen for years from Navy. Um, but, yeah, man, and then – for the Tigers' offense, I think what Navy was doing against Hawaii, at least, we'll see what adjustments they make. But there was no pressure on the Hawaii quarterback. I think, no. if by my by my count, which I quit counting like midway through the fourth quarter, he had been hit twice, and on both of those hits, he kind of threw. He did a good job of getting a pass off, but it was a lob pass. But their corners are so bad that these passes were still getting completed. So. Like you, that secondary is very, very suspect, man. It, it's we, we, you talked about it on the show last night. You brought it up with Pete. 
they they were allowing the underneath passes. Like they yeah. seemed content with that, with their abilities to make the tackles in front of the first down markers, and then they were still getting beat. Still getting beat I mean, almost. Yeah. It seems like at least four of Hawaii's touchdowns were just bombs, uh, and two of them came on fourth down. So, and, and then those linebackers, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because those Navy linebackers, I think it was number 53 and 54. If it, if they try to put them on any of Memphis's skill players, <laughs> it's good. It's good night. Like those dudes that they, they did, they were moving in quicksand out there and they weren't necessarily making great reads either. So I, I, I want to say Tigers by 14 or so. I mean, that's how <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling. Like after watching the Navy tape, but we know they're going to make adjustments. We know yeah. they're disciplined because they're the Naval Academy and that's what they do. Even, but at this Hawaii game, they even messed up the kickoff, Isaac. Like <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, they were just un, uncharacteristic. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it just didn't look like the Navy team, like you said, we've seen over the, over the last few years. Um, and, you, I mean, you look at their look at their defense. Like I said, they're extremely young. I think they only returned, um, I think, four starters on the defensive side of the ball. None of their line, all their linebackers are, are none of their linebackers started last year. Um, so I think, like I said, this defense. I, I think the Tigers will be able to move the football. I go back and forth, like you said. I feel like Tigers could win this game easily, but then you look at the numbers. I mean, Navy's only lost ten games. I think six Ken Niamatololo. Um, it's been there. They've only lost 10 games at home. I think there's something like 23 and 10, something crazy like that uh, since he's been there. So they don't lose at home. And you look at the fact that they're 0-1 uh, coming home. It's a home opener. They're going to be fired up. Uh, staring at 0-2 in the face, they're not going to want to start the season 0-2. So they're going to be ready to play. But I, I just don't know if they're they're good enough uh, to, to beat this Tiger team. I just think this team, this Navy team, is just is not as good as they've been in the past. And I, I think – I. I I hate to say Memphis is going to win it easily, but I said last night I think it's going to be close, but I go back and forth. I, I could see Memphis, like you said, win this thing by 14, 17 points. I, I just don't know if, that, like I said, when you look at their defense, I, I don't think they can stop Memphis, um, these play, like, playmakers. I, I just think that they're going to make plays and they're going to be able to get in the end zone. Um, like I said, if Memphis, Memphis can, can even play a solid defensive game, I don't even think it has to be great. Uh, I think they win it going away. Yeah, and you know, what, what – what brings me back down sometimes is I go back and look at Memphis Navy last year and see how Memphis held them to one of their lowest rushing games of the year. And yeah. then we also had five turnovers and only one by three. Yeah. So yeah. when I go back, when I go back to that game, I'm like, wait a second, maybe it's not going to be as easy as I think, because as we talked about, if, if that Navy offense kind of gets in a flow, then they can roll for, you know, two quarters straight, three quarters straight, and control the clock and keep Memphis off the field, keep the offense off the field. Um, Because I I think they scored on six of their their final eight drives in the Hawaii game. Um, One drive took like half the third quarter. So there there was a couple signs of the Navy we know, but I'm not buying it, Isaac. So (laughs) for for you – what are the key we'll, – we'll just do two key factors for a Tigers win. Uh, let's see. Um, well, like, like I said, uh, def- defensively, uh, just just stay disciplined. Uh, like you said, you've got to – if you can get if you get pressure on the quarterback, uh, I, I think that's – they'll shut their whole system down. If you can get – if you can make uh, Malcolm Perry uncomfortable back there, uh, which is something that I think one of the reasons why the Tigers really struggled uh, against Navy uh, last couple of years, even though they won a game last year, um, I think 
if you can make him uncomfortable back there, it, it shuts down that whole whole triple option. And I think you, you cannot let them control time of possession. Um, you made a great, great point a second ago. Because, because they'll have the ball. whole game pretty much. Um, if, if, you let them, if you let them get going, uh, you won't get the football. And that's you got to have the football to put points on the board. And if you don't have the football, it's kind of kind of hard to win a game, especially against Navy. So uh, don't let them control time of possession. you get got to get pressure on the quarterback. Offensively, um, I mean, it's just just be Memphis. I think, uh, like I said, I don't think with Brady White, I don't know if we'll see as many balls down the field as we've seen last with, with Riley Ferguson and Paxton Lynch, but I don't think you have to. Like I said, we have guys that, that big yak guys, what that is, yards have to catch. Uh, you throw an eight, nine-yard pass out there, they can take it 60 yards, and I think just, just be Memphis. Run your offense, and I think, like I said, we looked at these linebackers uh, for Navy um, in this secondary. I, I think Memphis can beat this secondary. Uh, and if you get a big bomb over the top, every now and then, you can mix one of those in as well. But uh, offensively, I think Memphis will be able to move the football. On the defensive side, I think the big keys, like I said, uh, keep uh, Navy's offense off the field. Uh, don't let them dominate time possession and stay disciplined um, and, and get court, uh, pressure on the quarterback, and I think Memphis will be fine. Yep, and I agree with everything you just said. But I get my key factors. I go with the the big fellas up front: O'Brien, Goodson, Coop, uh, John Tate. Those guys, I think, you know, they, they they're where it all starts, and then the linebackers make the plays from there. So we we may not be calling these guys' names a lot. We they may not be all in the stat sheet, but they're going to be crucial. Uh, yeah. Just pu- pushing those offensive linemen back and allowing our linebackers and uh, you know safeties to make plays. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think we just do what we do, <laughs> like you just yeah. said. You know, as long as long as we protect the ball, I, I, yeah, I see you know I, I see thirty five, forty two points, no problem uh, against this defense. Um, you know, so I, I I know we're coming off a tiger high, and <laughs> Navy's coming off a low, but man, I, I'm I, I, this is the most confident I've felt going into a Navy game, which 100%. could could be a bad thing, but. I, I just think, like we've talked about this whole show, Navy's just going to be outmatched talent-wise. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I, I said the same thing yesterday. This is the best I felt going into a game against Navy. Because usually you dread this game. You're like, oh, man, we got to gotta play Navy. Uh, but they, they got, got over the hump last year. Like you said, it took the five turnovers and still only won the game by, like, three points. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, like I said, I can see it either – I can see it being a close game, and I can also see Memphis winning it going away. But it's always one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, I think well, one one thing, and we kind of talked about this last night um, on the podcast, is you can, you can kind of have a hangover after this game. But luckily, Memphis has Georgia State and South Alabama um, after this game. Oh so yeah, <laughs> get back to normal. But I think this game is I think this game is the only game really that stands in Memphis's way of being possibly six and zero, possibly facing a six and zero. Uh, UCF team. I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, uh, but that how fun would that be? Uh, both teams coming in six and zero, both probably in the top fifteen, top twenty. Man, that could could be could be a college game day. There. It could be awesome, man. Man, you took the words right out of my mouth. College game day makes his first first appearance at Liberty Bowl. Uh, man, uh, yeah, you just got me really excited. I forgot <laughs> what I was about to say. Thinking about those six and zero matchups. Uh, well, Isaac, man, I I appreciate you joining us on the oh, Grit and Gridiron podcast. Uh, man, before we get out of here, you got any parting words, any plugs you need to make? <laughs> oh man, uh, just excited for excited for the game Saturday, man. Um, hopefully, hopefully uh, next time we'll talk, we'll be talking about a, 
a two and zero Memphis team. Uh, just want to say, if you want to check me out on Twitter? You can find me at Isaac. That's I S A A C underscore Rivals. Again, that's Isaac underscore Rivals, man. Um, like I said, Barn Burner, man, love you guys. Love what you're doing. Uh, make sure you always check out their stuff. You can check out our podcast TSR Live. Uh, you can just follow me. Follow my guy Brian Moss on Twitter uh, for all the info on all of that. And other than that, man, go Tigers, go! And thanks, man. Thanks for having me, man. Always enjoy being on. Oh, man, we appreciate it, Isaac. All right, everybody, we appreciate y'all listening. Y'all have a good rest of the week, and go Tigers. Yes, sir.